Hello everyone, my name is Dr. Vanessa Dunn-Guyton and I am the proud founder and executive director of Hush No More. Hush No More supports survivors when they're ready to come forward to share their story, to get resources, or just to have somebody to listen to. We also provide training in our communities on what we call the Hush Topics, sexual assault, domestic violence, human trafficking, child sexual abuse, incest, molestation, all of those topics that family and friends have a hard time discussing. And so today we are going to talk about the epidemic of teen dating violence. It is definitely a problem. One in three teens are experiencing or have experienced some type of physical, sexual, or emotional violence. And so we want to talk about that today because it is so important that parents and teens understand this and know that it's happening. So I am honored because I have an amazing guest with me. Ms. Delisa Adams of Visions of Women is joining me. Welcome, beautiful. Hello, Dr. Vanessa Dungeiton. Thank you so much for allowing me to grace the Hush No More podcast, the presence, the platform. Thank you so much. Thank you. It is truly an honor because I've been wanting to get you on for some time now, but our schedules are very busy. You are a busy woman. And mm -hmm. so I'm glad that you finally can come on and talk about teen dating violence and the epidemic and about your organization. So tell us a little bit about Dorlisa. Yes, ma'am. So I am Dorlisa C. Adams. I am located in the Hopkins, South Carolina area with my husband, Ethan Adams. And I have been here for about three years. I'm originally from North Augusta, South Carolina. And there, that's where like the majority of my family is over there. But um, I have been very grateful to be here in the Hopkins slash Columbia area. You know, it's only like 10 minutes uh, from Columbia. But since I have been here, I've been continuing to grow my Visions of Women uh, platform that I've started while I was in, you know, in college. So through that uh, experience with being in college and, you know, starting that that dating scene over time and my friends, you know, seeing how they operated in their relationships. I, you know, wanted to definitely have some type of women support group. So I can, you know, share that in a few, but um, I enjoy walking on trails, nature. Um, I really enjoy just encouraging women as well. Um, um, you know, just continuing to teach about prayer as I continue to grow through prayer and just um, maturing and, you know, excelling through adulthood, womanhood. Um, so I just I just love women empowerment as well uh, through my journey. I have a bachelor's degree in sociology um, from Lander University. And I also have a master's in public administration that focuses in nonprofit and um, for-profit management from Liberty University. So um, I am just grateful, you know, to be here and continuing to stay positive on this journey with talking about healthy relationships. And um, that's the bulk of, you know, who I am and what I'm continuing to do. I love it. I love it. I think it's important that we walk in our purpose. And it seems like you found your purpose early, Delisa. So I'm really impressed with that. When I first met you, I felt like you were younger, but you were mature and you knew what direction you wanted to go. Even with your college degrees, it's an alignment. 
when did you know that you wanted to be in this nonprofit space and helping people? Ooh, yeah. So it's funny because I actually started off as like an education major while in school. I really wanted to like, I wanted to teach history, right? And so uh, through that, it like learning about history in college was just totally different. <laughs> It was nothing like high school. So I was like, you know what? Um, maybe this is not this is not it. So I went through like, oh, I don't know what to do. I kind of think like all students may go through that, you know, where it's like you think you know what you want to do, but then that course changes. And so you just have to trust the process, right? So I end up changing my major to sociology, um, and that gave me a foundation and background with learning about, you know, violence and different groups of people in society. And through my internship, I worked at a domestic violence shelter, you know, just different things like that. So and then um, I realized like, hey, like with sociology, like that ties in history. It ties in, you know, people learning, you know, how society operates. And I was like, this is so me because I love community and I love family. I love, you know, working with people. And so as I continue, continue to develop that and understanding like what I really enjoy doing in my life, I just continue to stay on that course. And so even through my master's program, which I did not think I was going back to school like ever after getting my bachelor's, going back to school to get a master's, being in a nonprofit world, as I mentioned with my internship, working at a domestic violence shelter that was like my first start of like actually you know um working with a nonprofit. but at that time i didn't know like oh nonprofit, like that's what i wanted want to do like i'll all like at that point i just knew i really enjoyed working with people and helping people and so as as i continued to go on what happened was after i graduated graduated in 2016 when I started Visions of Women, I was just thinking it was just a women's support group. But then doing research and understanding a little bit more about the nonprofit world, I decided I wanted to make Visions of Women a nonprofit because I wanted to continue to do work in that area. So and I felt like if I, you know, was to get the, you know, nonprofit status, then I would be able to, you know, do more in the community uh, and have also, you know, have people um, understand like, hey, like this, this is a problem. And this is a cause that is dear to my heart. And, you know, wanted to get people to support that. So uh, having the nonprofit and be able, being able to give back um, with my target audience, teens and college students, I wanted to do a little more. And so that's why I actually started the nonprofit um, and got that status in 2018. So <laughs> everything kind of happened in different sections, but I feel like even, you know, like today I am right where I am supposed to be. I love it. I love it. What programs does Visions of Women offer? Yes, ma'am. So currently we offer our purple chat. With the Purple Chat, we have our women's support group, and those are for ages 18 and up. So those are our young ladies coming together who are, you know, they could be in college or not. Um, you know, we don't discriminate, but 
we come together and we talk about healthy relationships, self-care, and we also just talk about just relationship issues that we may be going through. But the whole idea and purpose of that is to bring resources to the table for our young ladies or any student that wants to be involved with our Purple Chat. And then we also have our Real Talk uh, group sessions that we do with teens, especially in the month of February, because February is Teen Date and Violence Awareness Month. And so whether it's with a church group or with a youth group, we like to bring teens, boys and girls together to talk about uh, healthy relationships and just give those questions to them and let them, you know, talk amongst each other. But as the facilitator, I am often, you know, jumping into those conversations to whether it's to correct or give a, another perspective. But the whole idea of that program is to make sure that they understand uh, healthy relationships and what that looks like. And then we also have our Vow Girls League, which we have had the, uh, you know, the opportunity to run for maybe about three summers now. And so that um, has been done through our uh, virtual platform to talk to girls who are in high school um, about healthy relationships and what that looks like. Um, and we've been able to uh, run that program in person and due to the pandemic, of course, is been online, but we've actually had um, more participation that way um, with the young ladies. And so just encouraging them uh, to be in healthy relationships with themselves, their family and their friends. So um, and so those are our, you know, three main programs. And then the resources that we give, um, we have our purple closet, which uh, when anytime I get donations for clothes, you know, sometimes those clothes have tags on them. Um, so with having clothes and being able to even give feminine products, you know, when we get domestic violence calls, I'm always asking, you know, like, do you need any clothes or feminine products? Because we also give those as well. And with our college group, um, with working with our college students within that purple chat i want to back up for a minute um we also have those young ladies on college campus being advocates you know they're hitting the ground running doing information tables giving resources at the table when students um are you know whether they're new to the campus or whether they're just doing like a a day where all of the organizations can come out and give information our young ladies are out there doing that um as well so with all of my programs i tend to mentor a lot through them um even with just the young ladies who are in college and want to become um domestic violence advocates so just th through our whole entire program i also try to give them opportunities to take you know trainings and courses to learn more about domestic violence and sexual assault mental health just different things to you know perfect them in that area of becoming advocates for domestic violence and sexual assault Hello. i think that you offer great programs i want parents to really pay attention to the services that you offer i want to know for your online programs can someone outside of south carolina participate Yes, ma'am. They can. I think that's the joy of being more virtual now. <laughs> 
because you know um i you know work with people in different areas but because i'm pulled so much here i don't get to spend a lot of time you know outside of south carolina but if there is anyone who is you know in a different state they may you know um email us at contact at visions of women.org and you know most certainly you can join our you know Val girls league or even the purple chat because again these are resources and if this is a platform that is for you and you would like to you know engage and learn about healthy relationships or what domestic violence looks like or teen dating violence looks like and where those resources are um because i don't just give local resources but i give national resources as well then please do join us i love it I think it's important that parents understand that there are programs available. A lot of times we don't know about them. And so that's my whole purpose of Hush No More Champions is to bring on nonprofit organizations and advocates to let the community know what's going on. So mm -hmm. as it relates to what's going on, colleges, what is going on with our teens and in our high schools as it relates to teen dating violence? Can you give parents some insight of what this epidemic really looks like? Yes. Yeah, so through, you know, what I've been seeing, um, we've been seeing a lot of it actually even just being on social media um, as well as just bullying. I know sometimes people may not want to associate that with violence. But uh, with me, even just being in middle school and going through bullying, I went through the majority of bullying in my sixth and seventh grade year. And I remember telling my mom, like, hey, I like I cannot continue to go here like this is this is not working uh, for me. You know, I'm being bullied, you know, days where I'm crying and just not, you know, feeling comfortable like at all. Um, and so thankfully, my mom was, you know, able to, you know, hear me and we did make some changes. And through that process, I, you know, like I said, I didn't ever think like I would be here just talking about, you know, teen dating, dating violence or healthy relationships. But through the process, uh, just continuing on my journey, um, Teen dating violence, you know, I feel like we've all been there at, in some shape or form, but we've all been through an unhealthy relationship, no matter if it was with your friends or with family, like it doesn't matter. Like we've all been there. And so um, I, I just think that maybe we need to pay more attention to our students and their friends, um, even like I say, on the social media platforms. I know a lot of the kids now, like they're getting, you know, cell phones by the time they're like age five now like but there has to be some type of um balance and security there when it comes to students and being able to listen to them when they are telling you like hey mom and dad i'm going through this because i think sometimes when you know students are seeing that they're being bullied like you can tell a teacher but so much is going on so they're not paying attention like you know you could you can you know tell mom and dad but they're working so much they're not paying attention to you so even just slowing down and as parents being able to ask children like hey like how was your you know day going how are your relationships going with your friends um and just being you know paying attention to them if there's anything that you know doesn't sound right you know in those relationships um so just making sure that you that you are aware who they are around and understanding like if there is something that is not right then something has to be done about that because i think 
again, when it comes to bullying, it kind of can just be brushed off the shoulder. Like, oh, everybody goes through bullying, you know, get over it. <laughs> but that can really, you know, you know, traumatize a child. And um, I definitely think paying attention more to even, again, just social media um, and paying attention to those signs of just going through those unhealthy relationships with your child, teen, um, that would make a, a world of a difference. I think it's important that you bring up bullying because bullying occurs in relationships, right? And I don't think that parents connect the two, but it happens, right? It's also a form of power and control. And one of the major complaints that children tell me, and I don't know about for you, is that their parents don't listen. They don't have time, right? <laughs> and as parents, we are working, some of us in college, we're trying to make ends meet, where we have multiple children, and so we're trying to figure it out. But yeah. our children don't feel like there's a safe space at times. And it's yeah. not, you could be the perfect parent, but sometimes there's still some things that's missing. So I think that's important for our children to, that for parents to realize that our children are going through that. Yeah, I've definitely heard from uh, teens like, hey, like, you know, they just don't understand me. My parents just don't understand me. They don't want to listen to me. They just want to, you know, tell me what to do. And da, 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 da. I'm like, calm down. <laughs> let's, you know, let's breathe. OK, so, you know, when we look at that and, you know, you know, teens say, oh, my parent is not listening to me and this is what I'm going through, then, you know, like, hey, like, we need to bring those conversations to the table, right? Mm -hmm. We need to bring those conversations to the table, even if we have to, you know, tell a trusted adult instead because we're not feeling heard. You know, I often remind teens that you can tell a trusted adult there are counselors on these school campuses, on college campuses. There are counselors. You know, you have your student health wellness centers, you know, where you can go gain access to those resources that are on campus or just in the community. So definitely, like, don't just, you know, stand by and let yourself go through that trauma, but instead advocate for yourself, right? Um, Dr. Guyton, I think that's very, um, you know, important. You know, as advocates, that's what we do, right? We remind them to advocate for themselves. So, you know, use your voice and, you know, make sure that if you need someone to talk to, then, you know, you find that trusted adult. And of course, teens, they often will talk to their friends, but like also, to, you know, like to tell them too, like sometimes your friends, like they're, they're just like you, you know, like they're, they're young. They don't, they don't really know what to do. Like, yeah, you can tell them, but will they give you, you know, the best advice? So anyways, always make sure that, you know, you can, find a, tr a trusted adult on, you know, on campus or in school, because sometimes students do have a good relationship with a teacher that they can go and talk to um, if they are going through something like that and maybe possibly can't talk uh, to a, a parent. I always recommend that parents establish a trusted authority for their children, right? Mm -hmm. Say this is a godmother, a godfather, grandparents, these are the people that you really can go and talk to when you can't talk to me. Sometimes mm -hmm. parents don't want to do that, but it's really a good idea because it opens up this dialogue that if I can't talk to my mom or I can't talk to my dad, I could talk to you and then you can help me come and talk to my parents. And this this works, right? It mm -hmm. really does work. 
And it allows you to know, have more of an insight of what's going on with your children. And I also mm -hmm. recommend when you, you say bring it to the table. When my children come to the table and they're grown, there's no mm -hmm. cell phones. Yeah. I'll, I'll look around like restaurants and see children and families, everybody on the cell phone, right? Like the. Right. They're not paying attention. They're not having a conversation. So yes. I, I feel like that's one of the problems is that we don't communicate anymore. Or you want to text me and you're upstairs and you text me. I, I need to talk to you. I need to see you. Yes. <laughs> that I see with our children as it relates to the relationship with their parents. And I want people to understand that that plays into this epidemic that we have is the relationship that you have with your children and establishing that real early because you don't want them to find themselves in a very violent relationship. Yeah. Um, Delisa, what are some things that you see from a physical or emotional standpoint with teen dating violence? With teen dating violence, it can, you know, look so different. Like I say, mostly like on social media or when they're arguing or they're saying, oh, well, you know, she said this or he said that to me. And oh, it's the argument. Of, okay. Yeah, yeah. A lot of, a lot of, you know, arguing or tit for tat. And I always tell teens, like, don't let anyone have that much power over you, you know, power to take you out of your character, you know, or just make you get so upset over, you know, what they have done to you, you know? And so a lot of times I will see that and I'm like, I'm automatically like just reminding them of who they are. Like, don't allow anyone to take you out of your character, you know, because, you know, teens, you know, they will cuss, fuss, but um, even just be so quick to just go off. Like, nobody's going to talk to me that way and just different things. But hey, just reminding them of who they are, uh, being, you know, young ladies and being respectful, being respectful of themselves. Um, I think a lot of times too, um, I can, I have seen where even teens will try to harm themselves, you know? And so being able to also advocate and go get resources from, you know, the Youth Suicide Prevention Center, I think, you know, putting that information out there is also important. Um, we are talking about mental health, right? And so being able to give that resource as well to the parent and to the teen, um, so that way, you know, if they're thinking about doing that again, because unfortunately, through this work, I have seen teens just going through depression, um, not feeling wanted or accepted when friends are um, maybe talking to them any kind of way or treating treating them any kind of way. And so um, just being that that advocate and uh, boot on the ground to advocate for them and reminding them of who they are and not just giving that resource to the teen, but also to the parents so they will also know uh, where it is. I have a lot of clients that cut. So mm -hmm. cutting is very common. And so I want you to really look at your children, you know, pay attention to them because yeah. they're cutting like on their wrists, their arms, they cut on their yeah. legs. I've had a client cut between their toes. And so you want to pay attention to these things that are occurring with our teens. And mm -hmm. one of my things, it's not always the physical, it's the emotional. That's mm -hmm. the part that you can't see is how they're in a relationship and they're being treated you know, emotionally. And then some parents don't even realize that the sexual abuse occurs. Sometimes mm -hmm. our teens don't want to have sex. 
you know, but they go along with it sometimes or they're forced to do it and they don't know how to come and tell you. It's not always a stranger that are sexually abusing our children. It's also yeah. other teens. And I think that that's important to point out about the sexual relationships and the emotional relationships and abuse that occurs in our teens. Right. And that's why often we talk about consent with teens, just reminding them like, you know, no means no. And if that person is not respecting your no, then they are not for you because it is your body. So with your body, you have a choice of what anyone can or cannot do with your body. And so, again, going back to that respect. Right. So if I'm respecting you, you're going to respect me. And also letting them know, like, set that set that tone in your relationships with your friends or whomever, you know, you are building a relationship with and let them know at the beginning, like your expectations up front when building those relationships with them, because consent, again, is is very important. And anyone who think they can just take control over you know, like that that's not a good friend, right? So anyone who is uh, in a relationship, I just want to encourage teens as well to make sure that they are setting those boundaries. You know, I always tell them to set those boundaries and let their friend know, you know, what they want in a relationship. So that's also very important when building those with family, friends, whomever, it doesn't matter. Make sure that those boundaries are there. I think sometimes parents don't realize that they're not assisting their children in creating an understanding boundary because the word boundaries, you really don't know what it means unless somebody definitely sits down with you and talk about what boundaries are. And I look at sometimes how children are forced to hug their aunt or their uncle, right? Or to sit in your grandfather's lap or to go sit in your grandfather's lap or they're forced to have that interaction. That's teaching them that they don't have a voice to say no, right? Right. That they, they don't have that personal space and children need their personal space. And what happens is as they get older, they're like, I don't have a choice. You know, mm -hmm. I, don't, I, can't, I can't say no. And we need them to be able to understand that at a very early age, you could say no about your personal space. Exactly. Absolutely. You say no about your personal space again or whatever it is, because when we talk about boundaries, that's like learning you know, what you like and what you don't like and making sure that whatever you're not agreeing to, like no one crosses that. You don't cross you know, that. No one crosses that line. No one, you know, gets to take that, that power from you of crossing whatever type of boundary that you're setting. And when you set it, it's also important to not, you know, get easy on a person just because because they are, you know, uncle or auntie, you know, grandma, grandpa, whomever, you know, like just making sure that you are consistent, you know, all the way through to respect yourself enough to say, hey, if you're crossing this boundary, then, you know, I'm going to have to, you know, communicate with you that, you know, don't do that. You know, don't do that again. And if it happens again, then these are the matters, you know, that I will have to take because you're crossing that boundary. And again, if someone is crossing your boundary, then they are not respecting you. So that that's that's what I like to say. At what point do you advise teens to go and talk to a, uh, an adult? At what point in a relationship should they say, oh, I think this is time for me 
to, to tell somebody and get some help? I think anytime a student, teen should reach out to, again, a trusted adult is when they feel they are in danger or even when they feel that, you know, I, I need to get this off my chest. I need to, you know, talk to someone. Um, or even at the, the very beginning of relationships, you know, hey, mom, dad, you know, like, you know, I'm thinking about dating this person or, you know, just, you know, just, you know, being casual about it. But if there's any type of danger, absolutely. Um, as soon as possible. I know sometimes when you're kind of like going through that phase and growing up as a teen, you know, you kind of just feel like, oh, this is the one, like, I'm so excited. This person is just, oh, I'm just in awe by them. And then as time goes, you know, you kind of see another side of that person. And so you're kind of like, wait a minute, where is all where is all of this coming from? So you're kind of going through all of these different types of emotions. So I think even just up front, if we're, you know, talking to our parents, um, again, or a trusted adult about, you know, you know, we're thinking about dating or being in a relationship, but especially if there is danger, then, you know, again, reach out to a counselor, a trusted adult and let them know what you are going through. And then in all cases, like if there is an emergency, of course, then, you know, um, you can definitely call 911. So for me, I wasn't allowed to date. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't know. My mom's a minister. Um, that was a no go. Right. So I did a lot of sneaking. And so I think the conversation should be had, especially if you don't allow your children to date, to have that conversation because they're doing it anyway. Like I've mm -hmm. seen where children early as age 10 are having consensual sex. So we have to have the conversation. So how do you think that parents can approach that? I, I know it was difficult for me and, um, I think people believe that their children are not doing things that they forbid them to do. <laughs> Essentially. But, you know, Let's I talk think about that. Right. You know, definitely for me, hey, you know, I I I was fortunate enough to, you know, have a a parent where they're like, "Hey, you are you being sexually active? You know, like you know what to do." <laughs> Like, don't play, you know, like that. So, you know, just I keep had it real. I didn't had it. Mm -mm. Right. Well, there was no sex <laughs> conversation. There was a, you will not date. You will not be touched by a boy. That right. was the conversation right. for me. <laughs> right. You know, well, with me, I think I was just waiting so, like, so long. I, you know, you know, my family was like, um, you okay? Like, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'm just, you know, enjoying life. Like, hey, I'm just a teen here. Give me some time. So, like, um, but yeah, I think parents can approach their teens by, again, just keeping it real with them. Letting them know, like, hey, you've been there before, too. I think so uh, many parents or just individuals just kind of like just act like they haven't been through anything or just don't understand they just don't just don't understand like oh no like i would have never done that or just but come on we really? like come on we've all yeah. been there like getting the butterflies oh this person is so cute oh i'm attracted to this person just different things so i think that parents should keep it real and let your teens know I've been there before. I've been a teen before. So look, I already know. And if you're thinking about having sex, use protection 
or if you're, you know, thinking about being with this person, I want to meet this person, you know, just keeping it real with them and letting them know, like, you want to build that relationship with them and letting them know, like, I want to make sure that you're in a healthy relationship. I want to make sure that you are safe, you know, not trying to, you know, coddle them or, you know, be so um, just over them where they, the child is scared to take steps or scared to tell you anything. Right. Just really letting your teen know like, Hey, I've been there, you know, and I want to be there for you. So if there's anything that you need, I am here for you. And I know where those resources are. First of all, though, Teens don't ever believe that parents know anything. Parents are dumb, mm. right? Right. <laughs> and these children ask a lot of questions. When I was growing up, questions was a form of disrespect. They mm. ask a lot of questions. There's a lot of knowledge base for them already. Oh. They already know what por pornography is. They already know what sex is. It's on the internet. They have access to a lot of information. And so. I also see people say, well, you're not supposed to be your, your children's friend. But in this generation, you don't have to be friends because you have to have a certain level of authority, but you should be able to have an open conversation. Right. That is important because that if that communication closes, when something happens, they don't come and tell. They don't report, right? So we have to have that communication. Talk to your kids. I love Real Talk. I love that program because we just keep it real. I mm -hmm. talk about sex and everything else with kids because they already know. Uh -huh. They know way more than what I did, right? And yeah. so they're in relationships very early and your children are dating. And so how do we talk about healthy relationships when they're dating or if they start dating without your permission? It happens. And if it's without your permission, they will not come and tell you when there's something happening to them. And so I, I want parents to really understand that that's a problem for us is that our children cannot come and talk to us. Yeah, it is. And I think that as we continue to, you know, advocate and give the information on how parents can talk to their teens, I think it's very important for them to know, like, you know, when you're in that teen mind, it's just kind of like you just, you, you, you know, you're just learning, you know, you're learning everything. You're trying to learn who you are, you know, and sometimes we can be influenced too as teens just from our friends. You know, I know when I was a teen, it was so many uh, different students just, you know, they were already se sexually active and, you know, they can kind of make you feel like you're missing out on something, right. you know? <laughs> and so as a teen, you just, you know, you become curious, um, even just with things like, you know, smoking you know, just stuff like that. And so um, I, I think, you know, even just as, um, you know, being a teen, getting that reminder from your parent of just them reminding you of who you are, you know, and encouraging you to continue to, you know, stay on that, that path that's positive. And I, I think, again, that is just so important to remind your student, like, hey, I'm proud of you. You know, I love you. Just different things like that to continue to motivate them that they don't have to do those things that everybody else is doing, you know? And so we have to incorporate those type of, um, you know, relationships when we are talking to our, our team, again, to just let them know that we are there. We are there. Uh, one issue that I had that was brought up to me was when you're a teenager, 
and you really don't want to have sex, right? You just like the guy, you like the girl, but they want to have sex. How do you handle that, right? And yeah. sometimes you go ahead on and do it anyway because they're asking you and you like them and you want them to like you back and you feel like if you say no, then they're, they're going to go off to somebody else. Mm-hmm. That's a conversation that should be had with between parents and children, I think, right? Mm-hmm. Because it happens so often. There were times that I've had sex that I didn't really want to do it you know, mm-hmm. when I was younger, but I did it anyway Yeah, because I just I did it, right? But there was no conversation had with me either. Mm -hmm. What does that look like for you when somebody is in that catch of they like me, I like them, I really don't want to have sex, but I do. What is your opinion or perspective on that? Hmm. My um, perspective would be this would go back to boundaries for me because I've been in those situations where it's like as a, a, a female, I was just kind of like, hmm, should I tell this person I don't want to have sex or not? You know, just, you know, like that. And never opened my mouth. But when it came down to it, the relationship didn't work out. And what the person says is, if you didn't want to have sex, then you should have just said that at the beginning of the relationship. Right. OK, I got it from here on out. That's what I'm going to do with every single person, you know, <laughs> that I'm meeting down the line. I'm just be upfront, like, no, I don't want to have sex. You know, we can be friends, you know, we can go on dates, but we're not having sex. And so if that person did not agree with that, then hey, of course, we're not moving on with this relationship. And that would just be, again, the boundary that I would set. But I think it took me going through those experiences to know, like, hey, like, sometimes, like, that's literally all people want. And so you need to let them know up front, like, this is not what I'm here for. And so, again, keeping it real. (laughs) real. Yeah. And and you have to have those conversations because it's almost like when you get in it, you don't know what to do. (laughs) Like I I really believe that the conversation should be had. And there are a lot of men and women who have had sex as teens that didn't want to. They didn't really want to do it. But it was almost like this certain amount of peer pressure or because everybody else was doing it, they did it as well. And Mm -hmm. then now you're feeling some type of way. So I think it's important to talk about that. And as you said, about consent and understanding that and understanding boundaries and understanding those words when Mm -hmm. we're talking to our teens and having that conversation and empowering them, giving Mm -hmm. them the power to say, no, you know, I don't want to. I didn't have a voice. So I probably was about 29, 30 before I would tell people no. I still That's know. crazy. I, I know. I <laughs> crazy that you said that. I feel, like, I, I feel like since I've, I've turned 29, you know, you know, all of our birthdays are like in February, right? Right, right. <laughs> um, I was like, you know what? I'm at the point now where I'm just, if anyone is saying something to me that that's just off, like I, I just have to let them know like right now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sugarcoating anything else. Like this is the age for me where I feel bold enough to say, "Hey, you're not gonna talk to me like that," or "Hey, I didn't like when you did that." You know, just letting them know and just informing them, not being rude about it, but just letting them know. So I totally agree with you, Doctor Guy. <laughs> yeah. And what's funny is that you get this at a very young age. You get it at a very young age, right? I was not where you are. I, I know I was a good 40-something when I started speaking like you speak. 
right? Mm-hmm. When I started saying, well, my no is my no, and I'm not tolerating this. I was in my 40s. And so I love the fact that you are in this space at an early age and that we're empowering our children now at an early age to speak up for themselves, to stand up, to know that they have a choice, they have a voice, they have a right, and they have a right to tell it. And I tell people that all the time. And so I'm always inspired when I speak to somebody younger mm-hmm. that uses their voice. I could use my voice for other people, but it was hard for me to use it for me, right? I would do it for, I could stand up for the world. <laughs> I'm trying to cure world hunger, right? But mm-hmm. not for me. So uh, I'm learning that and walking into that. And I want our teens to walk into that way earlier. Yes. Way earlier. So. Yes. Dr. Guyton, I just think all of, all of you know you and your staff and the hush no more team because even just for me just personal personally um you have definitely been a awesome mentor um just for me you know i look up to you and so many of the other women who are advocating for domestic violence and healthy relationships mental health awareness just so many different things like because sometimes in this, you know, world, you can kind of feel like, man, like, who, who else is doing the work? You know, who, who else is doing the work? Who else can I talk to? Like, you know, so um, I just, you know, thank you from the bottom of my heart and everything that Hush No More is doing because you all are amazing, uh, phenomenal um, women and men over there really doing the work. So um, I just want to personally thank you on your platform because I just, I admire you so much and thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Delisa. Um, Miss Delisa Adams, you are amazing as well. So we, we some bad women. Like we got it going on. I'm just going to tell you that we doing some amazing things in our community and we're showing love and kindness. That's important. Yes, ma'am. Absolutely. Love and kindness. So it's not just me, it's both of us. We are doing it. So I'm proud of you too. So thank you. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. All right. So I want to talk about what we're doing in our community to combat teen dating violence and to discuss healthy relationships, right? Mm-hmm. So me and Ms. Adams and Ms. Yun, uh, Monique Young, our organizations partner together to talk about teen dating violence. And do you want to talk about it, Delisa, or you want me to talk about it? I'm so excited about it. Yes. So the One Love um, event is going on Sunday. That's March 27th, right? <laughs> so March 27th um, at Killian Park, we will be there, um, you know, coming together to talk to teens about healthy relationships. So bring your teens out. We are super excited. We have those questions for them. Um, gift cards, swag bags, you know, so many different things that we be, we will be giving them as well as having food. And we will also have a DJ. Yeah, DJ Sub Zero be there, so we're gonna party, right? Exactly. <laughs> See, I believe that. Well, one love to me, it is if you love yourself, you will not allow somebody to hurt you and disrespect you. Mm-hmm. If you love yourself, you won't hurt and disrespect somebody else. So it is so important that love is taught to our children and how to love themselves and how to learn love somebody else because we don't understand it. Nobody really taught me how to love. You know, that that's, people think that it evolves and it doesn't. And so I am really excited to be able to talk to our teens because I think it's going to make a difference. I think their voice is important. 
Yes. Now, when I think about one love, like I think about like we are in this together, like we're going to continue to grow, you know, into having healthy relationships, healthier relationships with ourselves, our family, our friends. So I just I love that that one love thing. Like I think of togetherness when I I think about it and coming together. Yeah. And it's like we're coming together to really pour into others. Right. Mm-hmm. And different mentoring programs, different programs that are in our community are, are coming together to mm-hmm. show love to our kids. And mm-hmm. the one thing that a lot of parents have been asking me is why parents are not allowed at this event. Why, Miss mm-hmm. Adams, why are parents not allowed at the One Love event? Yes. Listen, parents, we love you, but hey, this is a conversation for the teens so they can really say how they feel. <laughs> yeah. and it's not for us to get your kids apart from you where where we think that they're going to snitch or something it has no negative energy to it right no right exactly get take you a break drop them off <laughs> take a break mm-hmm. and, and leave them with us and it's just about showing love to them and, and creating the connection now just in case something happens to your children they feel empowered and they have an organization and multiple organizations to reach out to for help. You gotta establish that connection now. Mm -hmm, Exactly, resources will be there. So please bring your teens out and let them join this impactful conversation where we will also be empowering them. We'll be empowering them. Yeah, so we're gonna have fun. Like I am really excited. I love working with kids because I realize that they need to have that connection outside of school, outside of school. So. We're doing it on a Sunday, so we don't have to com- compete with the sports and all the other events that your kids have going on on Saturday. And mm-hmm. it's one love, a party to explore healthy relationships. And uh, Miss Adams has some very difficult questions that she's going to be posing to. <laughs> yes. But often the teens, they love the questions and it gets the conversation going. And that's what yeah. we want. <laughs> so a series of questions just on you know like healthy relationships or just things that go on you know possibly in those relationships when they are probably just dating or just what they say like we just talking uh you know you know bringing that all of those different questions to the table um to really get that response out of them and if there's anything just that's just off the wall I promise you, we are there to facilitate and to, you know, correct and give those resources so they will know how to handle relationships better. Better, yeah. And we don't advocate for kids to have sex. That is definitely not what we do. <laughs> no, 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 no. We think no. That sex is complicated. So this is not a hookup party where we're going to be like, right. yeah, start dating. That's, that's definitely not what this is. And I, I had that question as well. We're mm-hmm. not advocating for that at all. Right. But I will tell you, a lot of them are already sexually active. So you've got to mm-hmm. have that conversation with your children. Absolutely. I agree. I agree. <laughs> so you can go on our website, hushnomore.org, and register for One Love, a party to explore healthy relationships. We want all teens to come out ages 13 to 19. Come on out, have the conversation. We wanted the older kids to be there so they can give a perspective to the younger kids. Um, because it's all about growing together and understanding experiences. So that's why we have that age. And I think it's going to be a great event. It's at Killian Park, Columbia, South Carolina. 
if you're not in South Carolina, you're definitely going to miss this one. And we're just going to be about showing love and kindness from 2 to 5 p.m. All right. Sounds good. I am ready to go. I'm excited about it. I am. I am. And so, Delisa, what are some other um, things that you have going on? I know you have a support mm -hmm. group that's coming up. Can you tell everyone yes. about that? So like I mentioned earlier, the Purple Chat, uh, we meet once a month, actually, third Mondays of the month. Um, we had a very good session yesterday, and it was all about, you know, growing in healthy relationships with yourself, your family, friends, school, and work. Um, also, just talking about, you know, self-care as well. And everyone that was a part of that session yesterday were able to um, take a flower, except, of course, if they were on the virtual platform. But with that flower, it symbolizes to keep growing in your relationships um, to, you know, continue to make sure that they are, you know, healthy. You know, we're growing every day. Right. So just giving that to them as a reminder to keep on growing. And so we have that again third Mondays of the month from 7.30 to 8.30. So um, if that is something you are interested in, please contact us. Go to our website, um, visionsofwomen.org. You can check us out there. Um, and you can also send an email to contact at visionsofwomen.org. And I will email you back to you that information to join us. I love it. I love it. I think events and, and coming together is important for our community mm -hmm. that we do have to just join each other. So I appreciate you. I thank you. I thank you for the work that you're doing. Yes. I love that you're on college campuses because we go off to college and we have no clue. I was in college and I've never heard anything as related to domestic violence or teen dating violence, any of that. Right. So exactly. I appreciate you for being the voice on our college campuses and working with our teens. And that means a lot. And I want you all to check out Miss Adams' website, visionsofwomen.org. They're a great program. If you have young girls that need support, please reach out to her and, and even to talk about how to have that conversation with your daughters, right? Exactly. That's important. That is very mm -hmm. important. So thank you for that. Yes, ma'am. So Hush No More has a, quite a few events coming up that I am excited about. So let me go into them. On to April, we have a concealed weapon permit class. It is important for you to understand, if you so choose, how to use a weapon and how to use it safely, especially in the state of South Carolina. Mm -hmm. So we're going to be doing concealed weapon permit training and self-defense training for 2 April. 9 April, we are doing the 5K Against Sexual Abuse. This is a virtual event. Please sign up on our website. You can also join us on that morning, Saturday morning, and walk with us. But we want you to walk in your community. To help raise awareness and to post on social media. On 10 April, we are doing the Hush No More documentary screening that shares the stories of a lot of survivors as it relates to the Hush topics. It is a great documentary and would love for you all to join us on 10 April. Then on 30 April, what I'm really excited about is mm -hmm. about crime. So um, Stop Out Crime is about us coming together, having a step show and different performances in our community as it relates to Crime Victims Week. It doesn't matter what crime you are a victim of or that you might become a victim of to come out into our community. Visions of Women, um, Rediscover Me, We Did That Event, 
um, no, she did that community foundation. Mm -hmm. Who else? It's My sister's, sister's voice. Voice. Restoration and purpose. And restoration and purpose. Ladies, forgive me. Because <laughs> I definitely love all of you. But yes. we're coming together to put on an amazing community event at Benedict College football stadium. So it'll be right outside the stadium. You mm -hmm. can bring some chairs, come out, hang out with us. We have DJ Sub-Zero there. Yes. And it's going to be a great day. The City of Columbia Police Department, Richland County Sheriff Department, mm -hmm. and different nonprofits will be there so that you can get resources. And the first thousand participants that show up will get a free personal security alarm. So that if you're in an emergency situation, click on the alarm and it helps protect you. So mm -hmm. we're really excited about this event. And I am um, Adam, what would you like to add about Stomp Out Crime? Oh my goodness. Like I am super excited. Thanks to those who have already been supporting this um, this event with all of us coming together. I think it's very important, just again, those resources that we're bringing to the table, having different organizations come out and give those resources. And for us to even just um, honor family or individuals who've been through some type of violence, right? Because when we think of, you know, National Crime Victims Awareness Week, um, although we're just, you know, celebrating it on that day, it's, you know, for an entire week um, to give us the opportunity to raise awareness towards all different types of crimes. Um, so again, I, I really love that we're, you know, going to be honoring people, our program, we will have performers and just different things to um, come together as a community to raise awareness towards um, uh, National Crime Victims Week. So I'm, I'm loving it. I'm here for all of the, the different people we have coming out just all of the different type of information. Food will be there. Food okay. Will be there. <laughs> Food, um, you know, people with um, trucks, you know, that have food and ice cream, just, you know, snow cones, just different things. Like it's, it's a family, a family event. So, you know, bring your children um, because we are definitely excited uh, for this event. And again, bringing the community together. Like, I love it. We have face painter, right? Yes. A bounce house. And, bounce house. Yeah, different vendors. So it's going to be a great community day. And we do know that the Sweet Potato Festival is going on at the same time, like around mm -hmm. the same time. But you could drop off at the Stomp Out Crime and then head on over to the Sweet Potato Festival. <laughs> yes. Right. Come come holler at us in the morning time. Yeah, yeah. Around about eleven. About about eleven. Yeah. You know, it it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a, a nice uh gathering. So come on out and and come support and come get information and, and bring a friend, bring your family, bring the children. It's gonna be awesome. I love it. I love it. So we're all partnering together to just make a difference in our community. And so I'm going to run down the organizations of, again that are going to be there. So not just Hush No More, um, Additionally Visions of Women, Rediscover Me, My Sister's Voice, She Did That Foundation, and also Restoration and Purpose for Women. So we will be there just celebrating life and showing love to our community. So please mm -hmm. come out. Come out. There are going to be some great, amazing resources. To include counselors, if you're looking for a counselor, counselors will be there. So if you want to be a vendor, we still have space. If you want to be a vendor, if you just want to come out, come out. Show some love. So. Mm -hmm. 
Yes, and if you have a bike group or a car group, please come out and support. Come be a part of this event. Of this event. I love it. Thank you. That's 30 April. So we have a busy month. You can go to hushnomore.org and look at all of the events and register for any of them. They are all great events. Like we don't put on nothing that's not good. I can tell you that. <laughs> when we put it on, it's going to be a good event. And so I look forward to that's just right. meeting more people in our community and trying to make a difference. So, all right, Delisa, do you have anything else that you would like to add before we close out this amazing conversation? No, ma'am. Just thank you again for having me here. And I um, wish many blessings to everyone who um, has taken the time out to listen to this conversation. Indeed. You have heard the amazing Miss Delisa Adams. She is phenomenal at visionsofwomen.org. Contact her if you need any assistance as it relates to teens and college students and see how she can help you. How can her organization provide resources for your children? And make sure that you have the conversation. You can share this video with your teens. You can sit down with them, talk with them. These are great topics that you could raise with our kids. And remember, it's one in three teens that are experiencing this. That is a lot of kids. Right? A lot of kids. So yeah. blessings to you all. It's not easy to be a parent. It's not easy to be a teen. But we can make it work. So you all have an amazing day. And thank you for tuning in to Hush No More Champions. Bye.